1: What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello and welcome to a new podcast, The Paddock and the Pavilion with Stephen Wallace. In each show, Stephen will interview someone connected to the world of horse racing or cricket.
0: Women's cricket is on the up and in today's podcast I'm pleased to be with Catherine Leng, former England Test and One Day international player of the 1990s and early 2000s. How are you today, Catherine?
1: Oh, hello, Stephen. I'm I'm great, thank you. Thanks very much for the for the invite. I'm uh, I'm here in sunny Brighton on on the south coast today. So,
0: well, it, it's um, not sunny here.
1: Oh, that's a shame.
0: No, we, we a- had a we had hailstorm yesterday, and it's it's dark and miserable here at the moment.
1: It's it's practically tropical here compared to uh, Leeds, I think. I know where you are.
0: No, we're in Cambridgeshire, not Leeds. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) So uh, we're going to talk today about uh, your life in cricket. But to start with, I wanted to talk about the subject of women's cricket. And uh, where do you think that women's cricket is today compared to where it was when you started playing for England back in 1995?
1: It's, it's a good question, because I think a lot of people would answer that. It's so much better. It's come on leaps and bounds. There's obviously the girls are professional now, and there's a lot of money involved. Um, whereas when I started out in 1995, I had to pay for my own England uniform, Fortunately, the Yorkshire Bank sponsored me and bought my blazer for me and um, everything like that. So in comparison, it's very different on the surface. But I think talent-wise, you know, it's much of a much, really. Um, I played a lot uh, against a lot of very talented women cricketers in 1995 and I play... um, Premier League cricket now down here in Brighton, um, you know, and I, I play against a similar talent down here now. So I think in terms of, you know, monetary, obviously it's very different. Fitness, the girls have a lot more time to spend, um, you know, in the gym than we, we ever did when, you know, we held... Some of us had to hold jobs down in 95. But I think in terms of talent, um, I think there's always been a lot of talent in women's cricket in the 1920s to, to the 2020s. So
0: so you think some of it is profile because it is a very big year for women's cricket because mm. you've got uh, teams playing in the 100 alongside the men at, at the test grounds. Yeah, And as you say, there are now professional uh, women's cricketers in, in this country
1: yeah um I mean to the launch of the hundred is just it's just super exciting um I mean and now a lot of old cricketers will turn in their grave i'm uh and i I would I'm a bit of a test fan myself really, but I can see the pull of uh the shorter game to you know friends and colleagues that don't necessarily enjoy cricket um a whole day of it but they will you know they'll pop down to the Sussex County ground and watch a T20 on a Friday night with a few drinks and the rest of the family so I think in terms of traditionalists you know not so good for them but I think for the wider audience and um, the short stuff is is brilliant you know I'm, it's just a shame I never got to play 2020 because I think my style of Play would have, you know, would have been good for it. It started a few years after I retired, so
0: yeah. And the hundreds uh, going to give more exposure to women's cricket because some of the games are going to be on BBC television, which will yeah. make a difference as well.
1: Yeah, which is which is great because you know, obviously, again, it's reaching the wider audience, and it's a shorter game. It's not it's not all day. Um and hopefully they'll pick up, you know, new viewers and it'll just snowball on from there, really.
0: You talked about just briefly about the fact that you enjoy test cricket for women's test cricket. And this year England are playing India in a test match, a one off test match at Bristol in June. Do you think there's a future for women's test cricket?
1: I'm not I'm not entirely sure. It might be, you know, that boat might have sailed now for the women's game, I'm afraid. I just think um, for the me- immediate future, women's Test cricket won't draw the crowds in. But obviously, you know, down the line, once it gets its, um, you know, diehard fans, then, you know, we could we could be looking at bigger crowds for Test cricket. But I think that's a little bit down the line. But they, I think they should just, they should keep playing I think it's good for your game, really. You have to adapt and, you know, we all know um, when we're batting, you have to adapt to certain situations and, you know, it keeps you on your toes a little bit, doesn't it? So it's nice to t- bat for a long time as well. I don't know.
0: I used to like to bat for a long time. Oh, there you, we go! I know you did when you scored your test century and we'll come on to that later but Thank where do you think um, finally on the women's uh, uh, cricket angle where do you think women's cricket will be say in 10 years time?
1: Well the um, best case scenario is that it's matching you know the men's crowds really um, and the girls are very well looked after at um, top level but you just want. not you want a wider participation at grassroots. And I think, you know, the biggest dream probably is, you know, that it's cricket for all for all girls.
0: Well, thank you for those thoughts. But well, now we're going to talk about your own cricketing career. You were born in Pudsey, which is obviously a, a cricket hotbed in Yorkshire. How did you <laughs> get into cricket yourself?
1: It's, I'm afraid it's a bit of a cliche now, um, but the uh, family. So dad's played, brother played, cousins played, uh, uncle played for Ireland. So if you can't beat them, join them type thing. You know, mum did the tease. It was every weekend in summer. So, yeah.
0: And where were you playing your, your start playing club cricket?
1: Um, I mean it started before that. It started at, at, at junior school. We had a very forward thinking PE teacher, Mr. Childs, and um I'd been to one of his play schemes that he ran in in the summer and he said, right, you're playing you're playing cricket for South Roy juniors when you go, you know, step up from the infant school. So it started at school and then I went to a couple of Bradford League clubs that were affiliated where my brother played and dad played. And I didn't I didn't really enjoy it until Putsy St. Lawrence, um, one of the coaches there invited me. And I don't I don't know why. I just really enjoyed I just enjoyed it up there. I went up on a Friday night and there must have been about 150 other kids in age groups and you know, just sort of like Joined in with them and and really enjoyed it. So,
0: so were you playing against lots of boys as well?
1: Yeah. So it's, I think there might have been one other girl at that time, but but yeah, it was just you know just sort of like um, on a Saturday, my brother would look after me whilst Dad was on the pitch and Mum was doing the teas reluctantly because she liked watching. But she always got roped in, Um, so I had to, you know, go around the back of the cars and bowl and bat and field quite a lot. So, you know, it was just it was just that really. It was something to do on a Friday night. Thoroughly enjoyed it though.
0: Moving on, you you started playing. I've looked up for Yorkshire women at about fifteen. Yes. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It just it happened really quickly because you know gone up through. The ranks at St. Lawrence uh, from under 10s, under 12s, under 13s, under 15s. Actually got to play under 17s as well, which was, you know, the boys had got very big and fast by then. Um, But I did manage to hold my own a little bit, turned into a spinner rather than a quick bowler and played at school as well from the age of about 13. So I'd I'd sort of like played at some fairly good levels and, and a bit of um I think I might have played in the Dales Council men's league when I was 13, 14 as well. So um and then all of a sudden I find myself picked for the Yorkshire Yorkshire women's squad which was you know uh, a very good team in its day. So you were very, um,
0: very used to playing against men and then playing for, or playing against and with men and playing for Yorkshire women, they must have been a lot older than yourself at 15.
1: Yeah, um, and it was a smaller ball as well. Uh, so I needed to adapt to that. But I'd, there'd been some nets that I'd gone to at Yorkshire, the Pathway to Excellence, it was called, run by um, a guy called Ralph Middlebrook. Um, he's quite well-known, sort of like in the Leeds, Yorkshire area. They'd set some nets up and that's how I got into it. It was a bit strange, actually, you know, turning up to cricket nets with 30 or 40 other girls and women railing because I'd just been used to sort of like mucking in with the boys.
0: Yorkshire won the uh, national championship uh, in 93 and 94 when, when you were part of the team then. And then in yeah. nineteen ninety-five you made your England debut against uh, the Netherlands in Dublin. This is one day international.
1: Yeah. yeah. Um yeah, it's a bit the England women had won the World Cup in England in nineteen ninety-three. Um the BBC televised it at Lord's and and I was in the crowd watching the final. Um and I'd I'd made the training squads for that 93 team, but I didn't make the the final cut. And I think I'd scored, I played in some warm-up games and I'd scored 100 at um, Bradford Park Avenue against them and 70. So I was sort of on the periphery in 93. And then after they'd won the World Cup, uh, a lot of the girls... You know, retired. They felt that they'd reached the pinnacle of their career. So, some younguns got a bit of a chance. I think there were quite a few of us made our debut, and we didn't have to go too far to do it either, which was good. Yeah, just popped over to Ireland and played in the European Cup. I had a fantastic week, really.
0: Yeah, your debut was on the 18th of July,
1: 1995.
0: You got 32, <laughs> not out. You got. Uh, One for 13, England won easily. And as you say, England went on to beat Ireland in the final.
1: Yeah, I remember it uh, quite well because what was good about it is that Yorkshire women had toured Ireland quite a lot before then and Yorkshire junior women. So I didn't really feel like a fish out of water going to a different country, (laughs) inverted commas. um, And I knew some of the... I knew a couple of the Dutch team because they played over in England, and I knew um, got some quite good um, friends in the Irish team as well. So no, it was good. They're always very hospitable, the Irish, the the Irish uh, team. So so yeah, it was good.
0: Good place to start then. And then you were selected for a test and one day tour for England to go to India. You mm. must have. Uh, must have helped your leg spin bowling.
1: Oh, it was, it was a dream come true. How can a leg spinner not love the conditions of India? It, you know, it's out of this world. I think it was for seven weeks. It, it was very tough because I think we'd been the first women's tour for a number of years, so it was all very new and fresh to us anti the uh, BCCI Um, Or they may have had their own Women's Cricket of India Association, I think. Um, We literally went, I can't even tell you everywhere that I went because it was, you know, we were either on an overnight train or a plane or on a rickety coach or, um, yeah, it was uh, a really, really good experience.
0: A lot of time off work as well from the bank.
1: Yeah, they, I really fell on my feet with them because they had their own cricket stroke sports grounds, did the Yorkshire Bank. So they were super keen to, um, I think I they let me go and kept my, my pay as well. So I always used all my holiday up. I don't think I had a day's holiday for Five years or something but it was a very very small sacrifice but yeah they did they gave me time off with of pay which was incredibly lucky and I still had a job to come back to as well. Oh,
0: very good yeah and the following summer against New Zealand at Scarborough you scored 144 batting at number seven <laughs> that must have been a special day to score a test century.
1: Yeah, I just being at Yorkshire, I think doing it on Yorkshire turf was fantastic. It, I just, um, memories of, um, being really pleased we were batting first because, um, I forgot the night before I had a fish and chip dinner, um, as match preparation, and then the day of the match, we won the toss. It's like, great, we're batting, I can have a bit of a a bit of a sit down, watch some cricket at the lovely pavilion that is Scarborough. And, you know, all these girls kept coming past from the pitch. And I was like, hang on a minute. It's before lunch. I think I might need to put my pads on. Um, And at the the time I went in, um, one of the girls, Barbara Daniels, was batting absolutely beautifully. And just my um it was a bit of a Jeff boycott innings really because my my um job was just to keep her he didn't keep people on strike he took the strike but it was to just value my wicket really so it was just to su- support her i didn't have to worry about getting runs because she was getting them so i i could i just really bedded myself in and uh, watched her back from the other end really but it's very slow very very slow innings for me and I think I maybe ended up with about 80 not out at the yeah end I was going to say there. you were
0: you were actually you were 90 not out overnight so mm. must have been nervous going into the next morning
1: <sighs> yeah I did I remember not sleeping very much we got a this is how long ago it was a CD. I got a new CD. I got um, Ocean Colour Scene, Marsley Shoals. And I played that all night, or what seemed like it. But yeah, and the the Kiwis didn't give that 10 runs to me very easily. They said it was their job that morning to keep me from getting 100.
0: And the score in Yorkshire must have been probably one of the highlights of your career.
1: Yeah, de- definitely. Without a doubt really yeah it's very very special to me well in
0: 1997 you then played in the world cup in India where England reached the semi-finals and lost to New Zealand and looking up and I can see your face now New Zealand got 175 for six and England at one stage were 100 for three and we finished 20 runs short is that a game that England should have won
1: yeah, uh, I think there was a little bit of controversy about the rate. I think we got a couple of overs taken off us. I just remember it being dogged a little bit by um, things like that, just uncontrollables, really. So, yeah, we should have won it. I think at one point myself and Melissa Reynard's Yorkshire colleague, we're batting. I, I could feel it. We had it, you know, in the palm of our hands, and maybe just a bit, a bit more luck that day. It would have gone our, gone our way. But yeah, we should, we should have won that game, really.
0: Because England obviously were world cup holders going into the competition as well.
1: Yeah, it's, it was very disappointing. But, uh, but you know, to reach the world cup semi finals was was fabulous you know
0: a really good experience. Well I just want to break off from your England career because as you've said earlier you've played a lot of cricket against men and boys but uh, in 1999 you played for the Yorkshire Bank in the Bradford League in I think April that year against Bradford and Bingley. How did that come about and what was it like playing against men in 1999?
1: I don't I someone asked me this a while back I don't well I guess it was a mixture of um the first team were a little bit short and they sort of needed someone who no I was going to say someone that could hold the bat and that's probably not giving me I'm not giving myself any credit but yeah i I I got to play so and it was again I Remember, you know, it's against players that I'd uh, been in the score box when my dad was playing and I'd watch um, Richard McCarthy, who's a Bradford League legend up there. Um, uh, Gareth Batty was playing that day, just trying to remember, you know, a few names um, that were playing for a good Bradford and Bingley side. And I think I got to bat in the end and all I needed to do was, uh, we were playing winning, losing draws um, at that stage. So all I needed to do was keep keep my wicket. And I just remember Richard McCarthy um, virtually with his run-up at the um, sight screen, um, just sort of like putting his hands in the air going, well, where do I bowl it? Because <laughs> he, he, he was... You know, a bit stumped because. So yeah, I think at one point it bowled one so fast it bounced over the top of my stumps, and I might have been sat on the square leg umpire's knee a little bit. He was pretty rapid. Um, you're an
0: England player at that time, so what sort of reception you got when you're on the field with the men?
1: I think it was just um, they were just a bit. I'd already been playing a lot of second-team cricket and, you know, word word gets round. And, you know, I played, um, I guess, really, Bradford and Bingley. It's a lovely ground. Um, I'd gone all through the juniors. So there were... I was playing against um, men that I'd grown up, you know, playing in junior cricket. And so I don't suppose it was that much of a... Surprise, but I think you know for for Richard or fast bowlers they just weren't quite sure what what to what to bowl at me and I think I remember someone saying we'll just bowl at the stumps <laughs> um, which I think he had problems doing uh, so yeah I got picked again to play the next week and again it it was it was against um a team called East byley who had another legend uh, Murphy Walwin playing um, unfo- unfortunately we were uh, rained off but i think he said something like i was looking forward to knocking you block off today when we we're in the batter afterwards <laughs> <laughs> so well you yeah. made
0: his- you made history uh, and and good for you and also in 2001 you became the first woman to play Inter-UCCE cricket as well. Can you just explain what that is to listeners yeah. as well?
1: So it's uh, currently it's a, um, the MCCU, so it's uh, un- six universities, um, Oxford, Cambridge, Leeds, bradford Cardiff, Durham. Have I missed one out?
0: Yeah, I spoke to Chris Scott because Chris was to do with yeah. Cam- Cambridge here. The, uh, yeah, the that's English. it. Sorry, yeah. I forgot the yeah. most
1: important one, didn't I? Then that's right. Yeah. Sorry about that, Stephen.
0: But you you played in the <laughs> um, in the inter. So is that the actual the, at the university? Yeah.
1: Yeah. So it was. Um, those six universities got funding to set up uh, specialist cricket centres for um, just to bridge a bit of a gap, I suppose, between that age group of under-19s to county cricket, to second-team county cricket, and then on to first-team cricket. So, yeah, so I was the first intake of, of that programme. And um, Kevin Sharp was was leading the Lees Bradford Centre, um, and he, he let me, alongside two of the girls, train week in, week out with the boys. And that meant we got, um, you know, use of the gym. We got uh, specialist one-to-one coaching, you know, just stuff that we'd not really had before. So it it really, obviously, it really improved my game. And as, um, you know, on that programme, um, those uh people like Chris Alston who I think played at Yorkshire for a while and you know it was quite quite a good good standard
0: so you were uh, practicing and playing with with those people at the university yeah
1: yeah just you know week in week out um and you know playing warm up matches and things like that and part of um the warm up matches for the counties so for example for Yorkshire would be a traditional match against him the mccu as such um and i never made made the cup for one of those games but i did so i did play against oxford university which you know was a first class county in inverted commas at at that time and i played against loughborough as well so i played a couple of um two or three matches for them um, but we had a women's team as well. So it was, you know, I had a lot of juggling to do.
0: And you were doing a, a degree course while you're still at, still working for the bank. Is that is that what was
1: happening? Yeah, so I'd sort of um, I ditched the bank by then. I decided I couldn't get any further in the bank because I kept going away on tour. And I was thinking, you know, I really need to think about a career and getting some... Solid qualifications behind me, and this MCCU came up, um, and I I spoke to uh, Durham and Loughborough about going there, um, and I wanted to do business management, and literally the best course I could find was at Bradford University School of Management, so I went there. So you know I studied and played a heck of a lot of cricket which was brilliant. But again, I kept my job in the bank and, you know, just worked for them when I could in various different branches just to sort of like get a bit of money together, really.
0: Sounds like you had the best of both worlds, but you then, uh, just going back to your England career, you played in the 2000 World Cup as an opening batsman. Is that something you like doing as an opening batsman?
1: That's a very good question because I sort of fell into it really. Um I think because I was used to the uh batting against pace, they wanted me to open. No one else really wanted to open. And I thought, actually why not? Um, you know, I should accept the challenge and I don't think necessarily I think I'd have been better batting you know, four or five actually, but um I set myself a challenge that um you know what you can't really turn down being asked to open the matting for England can you?
0: Not really, no.
1: No. Um what, what you
0: were opening with Charlotte Edwards sometimes as well. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: I had various partners, but yeah, Charlotte was was one of them and she, you know, she was of similar uh, I'd say cricket in pedigree really, you know, dad played, brother played, she grew up in boys cricket, so so yeah.
0: Well, you last played for England in Test and One Day Internationals in early 2003, you went on an Ashes tour. How do you look back on your international c- career and did it end suddenly or had you chosen not to play again? Or I know you've got um, to be selected, but... Uh...
1: Yeah, well that that was it. I think it got to a point I didn't choose. I got I uh, got deselected, if that's a word. Um but I think if I look back, you know, I played for pretty much ten years or so, or I was on the scene for ten years and saw a lot and did a lot and got a degree and have a lot of fantastic experiences. But I think I was just doing too much. So uh, the the England women's team had joined. They got lottery funding. So uh, with that, you had to train. It's strength and conditioning training three times a week. Um, and then I was on obviously the boys' program for attending training sessions for them. I was running the women's MCCU team. I was doing it uh, university exams and. And I was working in the bank and I had a couple of other jobs to um just try and you know get a bit of money together. So I I literally I think I'd just taken on too much, and um my fitness went downhill a little bit because I was just trying to juggle everything and it just seemed like I'd had a good run. And the selectors rang, rang me up one night, I had an exam, my final exam, university exam the next day, and, I said, "Oh, you know, you're not picked for the team for the next tour." And I said, "Oh, but would you still consider me for the training squads?" Which was about 24 girls, and they said, "We've not picked you for the training squad either." And I just thought, I think, I think it's time to make a big decision, really, um, because I can't keep juggling everything. So, yeah, it was a tough, tough decision, but. You know, thinking back, I think it was
0: the right one. It sounds like you had a lot on your plate from what you're saying, although you did score <laughs> yeah. 80 in your last one down to national. Yeah. Uh, but you, you carried on playing cricket, so you're still playing for Yorkshire women and uh, I've read that you've played Southern League Premier cricket until 2016, is that right?
1: Yeah, so um, I played for Yorkshire women for, I think we won the county championships maybe in 2004 or something like that and then um, I gave that up Um, and then I had a break um, and I moved uh, to Hertfordshire I'm just trying to think maybe around about 2010 and a club rang me up and said oh we hear you down south (laughs) and I said oh Um, I'll play if you're really desperate and Sure, and I just I joined Hayes Cricket Club in Kent, and what a fabulous club! And you know, really family orientated, and you know, just a really nice bunch of people. And I I started to enjoy cricket again, and I think we won the league. They'd just gone up a league, and I think we won the league in my second season, which was brilliant.
0: It's funny how when someone moves to an area, they still soon find out there's a good cricketer about, don't they? Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. No, it was good. They, they're they a bit of a, a lifesaver for me too. That's quite a dramatic word actually. But um, I I'd, I'd just started a new job and I was working really hard, you know, trying to establish myself in this job. And and it was just such a fantastic release to go and play in cricket on a Sunday and... Um, you know, with a nice bunch of people with no pressure of, you know, there might be a selector, you know, looking out the bushes somewhere or my scores will be analysed and, you know, stuff like that. So I rediscovered um, cricket again, really.
0: You forget, well, you don't forget, you don't consider those things as a club player when you're moving around the first, second and third teams, things like that, that when you're an international player, that, you know, really what your scores get dictate whether you get picked or you don't get picked.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So certainly, you know, you see different perspectives and different um, levels and, you know, even leagues and things like that.
0: And have you stopped playing completely now or do you still have the odd game?
1: Oh, I did get asked to play, actually, last weekend. Uh, <laughs> it's so difficult. Um, but, yeah, I've I've been playing in Brighton. And, again, you know, I've found a really nice bunch of girls. It's a mixture of some really very talented junior cricketers, um, some intermediate girls that, that play who are very talented but just, you know, have picked the game up coming from hockey or coming from somewhere else. And then there's what we call two or three of us oldies, you know, that have played a long time ago at England level. And um, and it's just so nice to be able to just sort of like sit back and watch the young ones do it so and then maybe score a few runs at the same time.
0: So you haven't actually officially retired yet then, no?
1: No, I don't think I'll be allowed to. <laughs>
0: so you will you will put the pads on sometime in 2021 you think yeah
1: and i hope so i think you know and actually in the past in the past year I haven't haven't been to the gym uh you know uh, people who knew me 20 years ago probably fall off their chairs but fitness is important when when you play you need you know you do need to be relatively fit i think um and So yeah, I'd just like to be in the gym a little bit more and just get a bit fitter to play. I think it's still got that really, you know, the need to do really well. Um, I'm sure you have
0: when you're an ex England when you're an England player.
1: <laughs> it, it's a bit like my mind's my mind is at the ball, but my body hasn't got there yet. Type thing. <laughs> so.
0: and, and where are you working now?
1: Uh, so I'm working um, for an independent school called Brighton College um, as a commercial manager. So doing, um, well, not at the minute because hospitality is um, quite slow at the minute, but doing things like weddings and letting the facilities and and things like that. So, yeah, I really enjoy it.
0: And do you still follow the game closely and watch cricket when you can as well?
1: Yeah, I like I said before, there's nothing better than, you know, after work on a Friday, being able to go down to the Sussex County ground and and watch and have a couple of drinks. Um, and I've watched uh, quite a bit of um, sort of like the Women's Super League uh, whenever it's been in Sussex, Um and hopefully get to some of the 100 games if I can. I, th- I think there's two or three fixtures this year at, at Herf at the Sussex County Ground. That um, it's such a good ground for women's cricket. I think um, that um, yeah, I'll be definitely trying to get the day off work to go to go down there.
0: Oh, you're still looking for favours from the, your employees then. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I just made the bucket in advance, yeah.
0: I've not been to, to Hove, so it always looks very nice yeah. on the television, quite a homely ground, no, but I've not it, actually been to a game there.
1: It's it's just, you know, nice. Obviously, play, I've played at like the Gabba and big stadiums in India and New Zealand, and it, it's just, I suppose it reminds me a little bit of the old Headingley it's it's very it, you know when you sit in in the front seats you right in the thick of the game a little bit it's um yeah it's it's a really nice ground
0: well thank you very much today for sharing your cricketing story and your experiences you've certainly played at some famous grounds around the world and um I know you've got the electricians in there today, so <laughs> yeah, they, ha- sorry, they haven't interrupted the podcast, which is, uh, which is good. Although I did hear the doorbell go once. I wonder whether that yeah, was Yeah, I'm sorry about
1: that. I think it, it was his mate bringing the tea, I think. So it was an important right. doorbell call. Oh,
0: definitely, yeah. And um, thank you very much for being on the paddock and the pavilion, and um, hopefully you'll get to play cricket again this summer.
1: Thank you. Thanks for not asking me any horse racing questions. I appreciate it.
0: That's my pleasure. Thank you.
1: (laughs) Thank you. Thank you for listening to The Paddock and The Pavilion. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook and now on Instagram at The Pad and Pad. Don't forget, if you like the show, please do leave us a rating and review.
0: Sports Social Podcast Network.